Welcome to episode four of Mums with Bright Ideas podcast. The Mums with Bright Ideas podcast has been set up specifically for mums who want to start and grow a business. Get inspired from those who've gone before you and learn tips and tricks from our subject matter experts. Hi, I'm your host, Melissa Pye, founder of the Lightbulb Lounge, a business that's dedicated to getting mums to start their own business by offering courses, connections, and community. Today on our podcast, I'm chatting with Carrie Kwan, co-founder of Mums & Co. And Carrie's been in the entrepreneur space for nearly 10 years now, with her first business being Daily Addict. And that was a digital lifestyle guide with a community now of over 100,000 followers. Prior to that, she worked in corporate marketing and communications in Australia and overseas. And she's a mum of two boys who are nearly three and one. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you, Melissa. I'm so glad to be here. Excellent. We're very happy to have you here. So before we get into what you're doing now with Mums & Co, I'd love to hear about Daily Addict and why you decided to take the leap from living high on the hog in corporate life to starting your own business. How did that all come about? I started Daily Addict because um, at the time I was living in London um, and I was doing what a lot of people did when they're on you know, the visitor, visitor city um find the best places to eat and, you know, cool places to visit. And uh, you kind of always want to know what someone like you would recommend because that kind of guarantees that it will be a a good experience um, or at least not a fail experience. Um, So when I was overseas, I I really enjoyed that and I loved giving recommendations of what I was doing as well. I loved sharing, you know, those those tips and insight and knowledge. When I came out to Sydney, I I found that – it was a time when Twitter was new, Facebook was pretty new. Um, no one was really doing anything in that space. So um, I, I was really passionate. I think I, um, I, I loved the idea that you can enrich people's lives um, with these little experiences that they have. Um, and I love sharing that knowledge. So I, I did. I, I kind of... I kind of said goodbye to a, a nice corporate job with an institution, a financial institution, um, and launched my first e-newsletter guide um, from my dining room dining room table, uh, and that was in two thousand and seven, two thousand and seven, two thousand eight, yeah, two thousand eight January. Wow, so nearly yeah, nearly ten years ago now. Um, so from the dining room table. So was it a was it a website? Was it a? It started as a very simple website, <laughs> very simple. But I think I I still spent about ten thousand dollars on it at that time because none of the WordPress sort of themes and all those. I, I could probably go. I could probably launch it on $40 now, I think. But at the time, it was it was a good $10,000 investment. And we had an e-newsletter. Wow. And so it was you writing articles and or did you get contributors or? Uh, in the beginning, I was completely bootstrapped. So I wrote every single article. And I think for some reason, I just thought it would be, oh, wouldn't it be a great idea if I wrote an article every day? So for the first uh, we were daily for about three years. Um, daily, daily sort of recommendations on the best experiences in Sydney um, at the time when we launched, uh, and then we expanded to other states. Um, so I wrote every every story in the first year, probably two years, 
Um, and I remember loving it. I would stay up to three o'clock in the morning if I had to, because I just felt like this was going to be of so much use to people because they're going to have these awesome experiences um, and, and, you know, have this sort of enrichment in their life, one, one sort of serendipitous experience at a time. So when you, so it's something that you saw a need for, did you instantly think of a business model or how you're going to make money from this or did you just want to get this idea out there? Um, I, I, at the time, because I was living in London, I actually was exposed to some other, um, digital guides. Um, some people might remember, remember the, the awesome daily candy, um, in London, there was the urban junkies. So, um, I looked to them for a lot of inspiration and guidance initially. And I thought, well, how can I actually make that relevant to, um, the market in Australia? Um, and you know, like I said, it was a really it was a really young time for the internet industry. Um, none of the startup, um, the startup industry wasn't, it uh, didn't exist even. <laughs> I know, I know there were a few people who were doing some great things. Um, and, uh, Twitter was, I think, as I said, it was quite new at that time. So it's interesting because a lot of the techie people were on Twitter first and, um, that was kind of our initial market. It was it was kind of early adopters, really early adopters of technology as opposed to people who were interested in lifestyle or beauty or fashion or entertainment, that sort of thing. So it was even a different market that we started out with. So people that wanted that information, that, that had the thirst for the information straight away, they didn't want to wait for a week to get the information. They wanted it instant. They wanted it now. So you were fulfilling that um, that need and want and desire in the marketplace um, for that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We were really very much targeting early adopters. So, and we would give you early access to what was new and cool and covetable. So, so how did you make money? Um, we didn't in the first year. <laughs> Yeah. We didn't. Um, actually, probably not uh, in the first in the first nine months. We did it. I think we had our first booking after nine months. Um, advertising was that it your was advertising. Model? Yep. Yeah, uh, and at the time, display and uh, display was the the revenue model. Yep, display is um, in some ways not real existent. I think in 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 now <laughs> um we then moved to much more of a sponsored content model um but yeah it was it was booking and um i th- i felt that we needed to stay true to what we were doing i felt that i really needed to build an authentic community first um because if we stayed true to that um it, it was very much i just believed that it would come um if we were a value if we have of super relevance to people um, and these are hard to reach people so um, they're the ones that have have I guess a penchant for for the finer things um, for for amazing experiences um, they are quite discerning um, in how they spend their time so because there's so little of it so if you're going to spend your time to um, enjoy with your family and friends you want to make sure that it counts um, so I thought if I focused on that, if I focused on making it super relevant, the content that I was publishing and writing it in a way that was really interesting. So it wasn't kind of the um, the boring, just the facts. We wrote it 
like we were your most connected best friend. Um, and we were talking in a way that um, was quite witty and sharp and um, uh, very, very accessible. You you've obviously were ahead of your time with your writing because that style of writing now is um, very much appreciated and accepted and, and is seen more as that um, authentic voice that, that, that's coming through and, and as though you're speaking to a friend. So I um, was writing um so my first business was about 15 years ago with the first car website for women in australia and writing back then you know needed to start with um you know you never started a sentence with an and for example but a lot of those writing rules have gone out the door because it's it's more about connecting and communication versus a a beautiful piece of writing that you're going to get 10 out of 10 for you know at a school with your school mark or, or something like that so it's um so you're obviously ahead of your time um, and it's something that people do want to read that style of writing and, and feel that you actually know the person who, who is who is writing that. So ahead of your time there. Now, fast forward, you're not in that business anymore. How did you exit that business? Did you sell it? Did you close it up? What, what was your what, what was your exit point and why did you do that? Ashley, Melissa, just when you were talking then, I, it's sort of fond memory came to my mind about um, one of our most popular articles and it was written in an out of office email style ah wow so we were saying um thanks for your email um i'm currently out um uh out uh procuring the best cheese and wine um at this location um so we we were really kind of writing differently and, and trying to have a bit of fun with what we were doing so um, so your, your question about how do we sort of exit Daily Addict actually still exists. Um, I've moved into more of a advisory capacity um, because I now have a new a new um, digital baby to look after, Mums and Co, which I'm very excited to share more about. Um, so it still exists and is still is still um, publishing curated experiences. It's a little bit different now. I think um, you know I think it's it's been a it's been a really interesting journey for me it was my first startup and um startup journeys are are never dull there are high highs and there's low lows and um you know i feel incredibly lucky to have have um have have experienced my first startup in a somewhat successful capacity you know we're really proud of the community that we build and we're really proud that we were a first mover in in that lifestyle digital space um i even remember going to you know things like big industry events where i had to apologize for being on my phone because i was tweeting live from the event um, you know, and people would be thinking, wow, how rude. <laughs> to, I know these days the know. first thing people say at an event is, you know, here's our, you know, Twitter. Twitter avatar, here's Absolutely. our hashtag. Absolutely, yeah. And here Highly I, encouraged now. And I was apologising, going, I'm not being rude. I really am doing work. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, um, yeah, so I'm incredibly proud to, to have been a part of that and, and, and see how, um, Australians take up technology and connect with each other and, and the hunger for that type of information. Um, so really proud of that. Um, I think what probably a lot of people don't see is is that, you know, um, I was an independent 
uh, digital media outfit, um, trying to sort of rub shoulders with the with the big players and the big boys um, or big girls. And um, we no, definitely... I think probably big boys, you know, is fairly accurate. I think that, that there are a lot of organisations that are still run by men um and the media industry doesn't mean that that there are not some very successful females in it but most industries are still fairly male dominated at a very senior level so that's okay don't apologize for saying mixing it with the big boys because it's it's still accurate it's changing thank goodness but still accurate Hmm. and that's and that um you know i don't know if it was a sense of optimism you know that that yeah, I, I kind of am a little bit competitive. Uh, um, uh, I think I think it's it's a it's something that we I really wanted to do, and I really wanted to. I thought we could make a difference in this space. So um, yeah, but I, I guess the point that I mentioned is that there were times when it was really really tough um, because you're you feel like it's a bit of a Goliath situation David and Goliath situation you're doing it on your own the startup industry didn't exist when when I was um in the throes of it I, I you know I'm so excited now that there are incubators and there are startup um accelerators and there are fascinating places like this office where you know they all come together and and co-work and share in a space which is which is thriving you know um like many small business owners, I was facing it um, from the office of my own home. We did actually have an office in the city. We co-shared for a little while um, with a fabulous luxury group. But for the most part, it was a home office. So, um, And with that comes different challenges. It's a pretty similar experience to what I had. So with the car website, um, basically our business model was advertising revenue. So we were up against the likes of um, car sales and drive. Um, and it, it was really interesting being a female in that space in a very male-dominated industry, media plus automotive industry. Um, and I think that they saw me as being um, novel, kind of just novel. So there was still an element, and this is, this is you know, 15 years ago, that element of... Um, being a little bit patronising, but but it was a David and Goliath, so you kept kind of plugging away at that. But you know, it was it was novel, and you know, uh, you know, we really love what you're doing, Melissa, and I think it's that's that's fantastic that that somebody's out there kind of doing it for the for the female car owners. You know, well done. Um, but um, that just gets me more um, more revved up to kind of just own it and do it my way. Um, to actually ultimately prove them wrong, <laughs> mm. um, because and it's and I see that as an opportunity. When you're in a minority, you actually have a lot of opportunity. There are challenges. There's, there's different hills and hurdles to climb, but um, I see that. Okay, well, if I'm if I'm if I'm the only person attending here that doesn't have a full production team behind them and journalists and and, and a full team of writers, I'm more nimble. I can actually move quicker. I can identify opportunities. Um, I'm speaking from a market that I know intimately. I'm, I'm this market. I, this is what I want. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's definitely plenty of media events that I attended, um, and we were the only digital media, actually, in the first year of the Australian Fashion Week. I remember there were four digital media um, and now I'm sure the digital media and the bloggers outnumber the traditional 
Oh, by far. Absolutely, and it's really interesting to see that people still differentiate between traditional and digital. For me, it's all just media. It's just different avenues that have different audiences in, in different ways. But, yes, the digital space was kind of, oh, it's one of those digital people. It's like one of those internet people. It's like, oh, yes, maybe. Yes, so, so what publication do you have? And, oh, it's an online publication. Oh, an online publication, Right. Um, but obviously it's, it's very different now. Now, I would love to hear more about Mums & Co and how that came about. Um, tell us, so you've been up and running for so June last year, you launched, so just over a year now. How did all of that come about? Um, so Mums & Co is, has just turned one, um, which we're really proud of, where we celebrated and we're going to celebrate with our community with an event on the 24th of July. Um we're an online, um, we're like the smarter way of, of, of launching a business, of running a business. We're here to connect um, the remarkable women that are raising both families and running a business because it's pretty tough. It takes a certain type of person to, to have the metal to do that, um, but very much they can do it. They just need, they need the support, they need access to incredible resources um, quickly because we're all time poor. Um, so we help connect them with this remarkable community of thousands of other mums that are actually doing the same thing. We understand you, we get you. We know how hard it is and we know that, you know, to do to do this in between school drop-offs, the odd sick child, carer duties, um, it, it, it can be quite demanding. Um, so we do it a few ways. We're, we're, we're essentially are a membership platform. So you can you can um, join up on our website and then get access to a whole heap of um, resources. So these are essential business resources built for the mum in business in mind. Um, those are things like access to emergency childcare. Um, so we can connect you to emergency childcare within three hours. This is agency approved police vetted childcare. Those type of services are normally reserved for the bigger players. Um, we can connect you to free legal online tax advice, um, a business insurance package specifically de- designed for um, businesses based from typically from home, uh, rich content, you know, all the information that you need to launch um, and run a business. Uh, and then we also give amazing access to these discounts because it costs to run a business. Um, so our perks are, are tailored for the business mum in mind. Um, and it can be anything from cheaper postage to um, technology um, and even supplies for the office. We've got some great um, deals with the likes of Optus, um, uh, JB Hi-Fi, um, car rental companies, right down to um, amazing programs um, like uh, marketing courses, business coaches, service uh, coach services, um, incredible sort of programs like yours, yours, um, Melissa, as well to to help to help um, launch and run their business and do it with a bit of cost savings because you know mums are cost conscious; they have to make the budget stretch as far as possible. Um, and they're also clever, you know. We we all love a perk. Absolutely. So where did you come up with the idea? There's there's plenty of um, noise around mums and business with mumpreneurs associations and plenty around this space. So why why did you start it in such a? It's a really busy space. Why did you start this? Um, 
Wow. Uh, because I, I guess coming from my personal background, um, when I started my first daily adage startup, uh, I didn't actually have children. Uh, I think I had a child in year five of, of, of the first startup. And when that happened, I had sort of very different hurdles to overcome. Um, you know, it's the isolation when you're at home. Um, it's being able to, to do the work um, with a with a baby, <laughs> babes, you know, literally babes in arms. Um, it's a it's it's also sort of dealing through and not being able to, I guess, have the interaction that you have with a team. Um, it can be a little bit lonely, uh, I think, too. So um, I was going through that experience myself. And as a small business owner, um, if I had access to resources like, you know, um, if you need a, an amazing startup lawyer or if you need a, a good accountant, or you just want to know which software you should be using, that would have saved me a lot of time. Um, and it pr- probably could have catapulted my business um, success even further. So I kind of want to, I want, really wanted to connect those dots. Um, and whilst there are some fabulous business resources, networking groups um, that are devoted to women. There's some fabulous um, parenting sites. I think there still is um, space for for um, support which bridges both of them. So we've got a foot in both camps. We understand small business. We understand parenting and that journey. And we thought um, there was a really unique opportunity to actually do this in a way where um, – I can make, you know, the biggest impact. Um, and we are, um, like you mentioned, I'm not, you know, we're backed by IAG, which is Australia's largest general insurer. Um, so we've got the financial strength, the scale, the security um, of, of, of that, that relationship. Um, and that means we can do things a little bit differently. Um, we can actually get some fabulous fabulous vendors on board because um, IG has got a lot of a very strong supplier network. We work with them to realise those benefits for our community. So my big, I'm going to jump in there. My big question is, and I'm sure everybody else might want to know that, this, how did that come about? How did you get to be backed by a big corporate like that? Like, it, it, it's fantastic. It's it's probably the non-traditional form of getting funding for a startup. But I do believe that it, it is the way of the future. I think um, joining the dots between startups and small business and corporate will be the way that things move into the future. So I think that you've kind of been quite brown, quite groundbreaking in what you've pulled off here. Please tell us, how did that come about? Give us your secrets. Um, it's, well, it's, I guess it's not really a secret. I, it, it, what, what it is is we, um, I was approached by Fung Lee, who is my co-founder, um, of IG because they wanted to, they wanted to actually launch a new venture that was helping small business. Um, and, um, we found that mums were actually, um, the first, the first group that we thought we could really make a difference and make a net help. Um, I'm of course passionate about small businesses. I'm passionate about women achieving their personal ambitions and their, um, 
professional ambitions and their family ambitions. I know how hard it is um, juggling all of all of that. Um, and I thought we could come together and create a concept. So that's exactly what we did. We kind of um, did it quite quickly in in terms of um, we had they had gone gone away in terms of the research and um, what they what they thought it could look like and then we came in and we sort of refined that so we launched with what we called the MVP as well the minimum viable product um, and that just means we thought we thought we could help mums in business with these features and with these benefits um, with this information this perks um, and these sorts of services and then we kind of launched it um, we launched it a year ago and we thought okay let's see what happens we know it's not fully perfect um, but that's by design because we want to actually know what we want to actually hear what our customers are saying what they love about um, each of those pillars um, and what they're using or what they want more of and we listen really intently we use the data to inform our decisions and how we sort of expand that product suite that we have um, so that's that's kind of how we came about. Um, and did you get lawyers involved? There was contracts all drawn up. You got out of it what you wanted to get out of it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How did you go around the um, the share kind of? You know, who has majority share? How did you get around about that stuff? Um, you know what? There, it, it it came about um, in an interesting way because I think once you put something out into the universe, the universe does listen. <laughs> You strongly um, believe that? I, I actually yep. strongly believe that. And not only from a spiritual point of view even, I think it's you're affirming to yourself what you want, you're affirming to other people what you want, and then you look, you pay attention to things based on that and other people pay attention to things based on that because they know if they don't know what you don't you know what you want they can't help you so um i'm, I'm going to add something funny to that because i i strongly believe in that and this happened this morning was um i was on season one of shark tank and i love one of my passions is talking about business ideas it's just i just love it and i love um, helping people with an idea to be able to bring it to life and encourage them that you know take action because anything's possible for anybody you don't actually need to have money you don't need to have influence you don't need to have connections to start with you don't need any of that stuff so I love encouraging them and I um, flicked a, a LinkedIn yesterday to a guy that's quite involved with Shark Tank and I thought oh I wonder if there's an opportunity for me to get involved early stage with, with you know, with Shark Tank. And it was a, a guy that I originally met when I went for interviews and stuff. And I've bumped into him once, you know, in the last couple of years and really lovely guy. Um, so I flicked him a LinkedIn email thinking, you know, what's going to happen? You know, who knows? I go to get my coffee this morning and I stand next to him at the coffee shop. I haven't seen him in three years. So um, I do believe in putting it out there to the universe as well. I, I, I Seriously, I couldn't believe my eyes this morning when I saw him. And he goes, oh, he said, Melissa. And I said, yeah, I sent you something on LinkedIn. He said, yeah, I've read that. Um, and thanks for sending that through, blah, 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 blah. Um, but uh, yes, so I do believe in that as well. So it came together you know, just like that, a couple of people um, knew that, um, you know, IG should talk to me, I should talk to IG. Um, and I just was, I was really blown away by how many things that were important to me 
um, they were open to doing as well. So they're, um, they're, they're, they're operating in a very interesting space um, where they're trying to um, they're trying to connect and add more value to their, their customers. Um, they're really open to ways of doing that. And they know that, um, you know, startups can move faster. They're more agile. There's some really big thinking and, you know, it's okay to make a few mistakes along the way because um, you're testing, you're actually learning. They're really interested in um, making sure that we listen to, to the customers as well um, and, and knowing Knowing that, all that information, we then use the data to drive our product development side of things. Um, for me, it's very much a, a, it's a very much a passionate issue because, a passion issue because this is, this, these are my people. I know exactly the journey that they're going on. I know how hard it is to raise a family whilst running a business. Um, I know that you need to have some extra understanding in certain areas. And I know that things should be normalized as well um, because... If we're not having these conversations um, around um, why I'm, I'm okay to start at 9.30 in the morning because, you know, I stayed at 6.30 and I don't get to see my kids as much, so I just want that little bit of extra time in the morning to, to, to send them off to, to childcare um, or that um, we believe in... We believe in um, my first hire, Olivia, she's amazing. She's actually a mother of a 10-month-old and she works on part-time hours um, because because she, because we can, um, because that means she can do some great work, some very focused work in the hours that she is there, but she can also do the drop-off to childcare and pick up a child after. Um, I think it's about not necessarily wanting to work less hours, but on the hours that you want to work and where you want to work. Um, but we're crystal clear that the quality of work she does is is spot on and it's done on time. So I think on the hours thing, I think it's going to be funny that our grandkids, will, if we have grandkids and grandkids, will look back and and say, "So, Grandpa, you went to work at eight thirty in the morning, and everybody else did, and everybody finished at you know five or six or seven at night. Everybody did that, did they?" And they go, "Grandpa, that's." that's weird because you know wouldn't you have rather have gone for a swim in the morning and had breakfast with us and then you know so it's 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 I think it's going to be an an outdated system isn't it and just on the hours you've negotiated that you work full-time but three hours in the office and two hours from home is that that's right Oh, no, three no. days. Three days. And two. So let me, um, I'll, I'll just give you a bit of a background as to why. Um, so when when we met um, and I was discussing, I guess, the terms of our agreement, um, I was actually six months pregnant. <laughs> With number two. With number two. Right. Um, and it, after we've had maybe I think the third conversation, um, and things were going really well, and I thought, okay, well, um, it's probably a bit obvious um, that I am pregnant. So I, I volunteer. I said, you know, um, I am. I'm expecting, and because um, we were, it just it just came up the right way. I didn't. I know I didn't have to disclose that, but it came up right because we felt like we were we were um, going down a really good path. What did they say when you said, I'm pregnant? Did they say, we thought He said, so? congratulations, okay. yep. you shouldn't have to choose between your family and your career. 
Oh, my goodness. And so that is literally in the DNA of Mums & Co. Brilliant. Um, it is um, – it's, it's, it's our foundation building block um, because – we believe you shouldn't have to do that. You should be able to achieve your personal ambitions, your professional ambitions, um, because we've got all this talent, we've got all this um, value that we want to give. Um, I think parents are, um, have got a have are a massive talent pool that we can tap into. They also want to be creative. They also want to be doing something stimulating, and um, you know they want to be hiring hiring people and building building um, businesses and solving problems. So um, that is very much the DNA to which we, we, we um, built on. So you were asking about um, our part-time arrangements, the reason why I currently work three days from home and two days, sorry, three days from the office and two days from my home office is because I still have a newborn and I'm still breastfeeding and um, I'd like to be there for, you know, those precious moments um, when I can. Um, but I'll, I'll work I'll work at any hour that, you know, I need to and um, I'm very – I find my work very purposeful and I'm very driven. So, um, you know, in, in some ways some weeks are better than others. I can balance it really well. Some weeks I work harder than I perhaps should. And other weeks, I kind of say, okay, well, I'll, I'll um, balance it out a bit. I think it's great that we're having these conversations um, around uh, you don't have to choose between being a parent and having a career. Uh, and when I did start my first business, I had um, twins and I started the business. I think they're about 12 months old. And How did because, you do that? <laughs> it, it's, a, it's probably equivalent to one and a half. Having twins would be so much easier than two kids of two different ages. So much easier. So much easier. So, um, And it, it, this motherhood guilt thing um, crept in. And um, I found that very difficult because I was judged predominantly by other women um, and the media because I was choosing to have um I was choosing to work over being a mother in their eyes I I wasn't choosing to work over being a mother I was choosing to work as well as being a mother um and and that was really difficult when um I took my girls to their first one of their first weighing the girls I don't know three or three months old or something I took them to the early um, nursing center I can't remember what they were called um, and uh, she said how's everything going I said everything's fantastic everything's great um, but I'm actually I speak my mind I said I'm actually a bit bored and I want to go back to work and she was absolutely horrified that I could have said that you know being a mother is such a privilege and she said your children need you uh, work can always wait you must be a mother now um, and I remember beating myself up thinking what a horrible person I was because I actually wanted to work and I actually uttered the words that I was a little bit bored. And, and I'm not being flippant about that. That was a real feeling for me. And I know that lots of people would have given their eye teeth to be in my position of having two very healthy babies. But it, it's my reality. And um, it, it, yeah, it, I found it. Um, it, I, I wanted to work. I wanted to. I had a lot more to give, um, and I was giving um, a lot to my kids and and their extraordinarily wonderful fifteen year olds now. So I've, I've done something right along the way. But dealing with that motherhood guilt was was incredibly 
difficult for me and I, I hope other mums don't have to experience and I hope mums can be kinder to mums that do choose to work that may not have to work financially or, or have to go to work because they do need to do it financially um, so it, it's I love these conversations and dialogue around that now that that um, I can do what, whatever I want to and I don't I don't I shouldn't be ridiculed um, for my choices around that how did you did you experience motherhood guilt I'm sorry you had to experience that too. Um, and I'm sure there's, um, you know, ple- look, motherhood guilt is real. <laughs> and um, we don't need anyone piling any more on top of us because we're doing a pretty good job. Awesome job. Feeling yeah. it ourselves. <laughs> um, and that's because we care. Mm. And that's because we care and we want the best for our family, our children. Um, but you're right. If you have some personal ambitions or you have some professional ambitions, um, if you want to be able to use your mind to learn and to give back and solve problems and run amazing businesses, whether it's a micro business or a multi-million dollar um, exporting business, um, or hopefully can grow into that, um, if that's what you're interested in, then absolutely, I'm, I'm all for all for those ambitions as well um it is hard because you need time um and those those wonderful children those wonderful beings um babies they they need time to be nurtured and cared for um how i think i've approached it is there are definitely times when it 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 rears its head and um i kind of go into a bit of a mode where um, you know, you do question whether or not um, uh, you could be doing something differently. I don't actually waver from what I'm doing and if it's a value because I absolutely believe that it is. Um, I'm very clear on that. But I always question whether or not I can be doing something differently. And if something, you know, a wheel might have fell off the wagon. <laughs> the wheels fall off the wagon. <laughs> they, and yep, they do. They do. <laughs> and some, you know, children, uh, I think especially with – with the with the bubbers, you know, um, my youngest one who's eleven months at the moment, he might have a great week and then he might have a really tough week because he's teething. Um, my my eldest toddler, he didn't have teething issues, so that was a bit of a uh, <laughs> an eye opener for us. For three days, he was visibly and um, really upset. He was in he was uncomfortable and in pain, and you just have to work around that. You have to reprioritize and reshuffle. You have to have conversations. Um, I'm very lucky. My partner's actually um, uh, doing the caregiving for our little one because we made a decision as a family that um, um, we wanted one of us to be there for the first year. So after my maternity leave, um, he he took on that baton. Um, he's an amazing man. Uh, but, you know, we had never gone through that before either. So we had to have conversations. We made a plan. And then when the wheel fell off the wagon, we kind of said, this is not working. <laughs> Why are these days really stressful? Oh, it's because we're all in the same place at the same time and I'm trying to do work. And um, so then he goes, okay, well, I'll take, my, I'll take the kids out to, you know, in-laws that day um, for a few hours. So we just had to, you just have to keep tweaking things and being open about what's working, what's not working, and then try something different if, if something's really not working. Mm. Wow, it, it's hard, but um, but I think if we 
talk about it. We recognize that many of us in the same boat around that and you know and it's okay to feel that way it's it's absolutely okay I think I I think I'm a better person because I actually am able to do what I do at work I think um I can become a better mum um so we also we set some guidelines about you know what we do during family time as well so you know when we're there we try to be as present as possible and um um you know, we, we do the best we can, you know, like everyone else is juggling. We do the best that we can. And um, I, do, I do hope that little Remy at the moment, he, he, um, he knows that I go to work and he um, will ask if I'm working from home or if I'm working from the office. Um, and he knows that that's a role that women do as well. There is an equal standing um, Daddy's going to go to work too, too soon <laughs> um, as well. He's going to go back to work. So we'll then have, have both of us in that position as well. So, you know, we'll just have that conversation too. But I hope that when they're even a little bit older, they can see that I am making a difference um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really passionate about what I do. I love going – I love doing my work. And I think that's a really interesting point about, you know – we sit here and we talk about gender equality and gender equality in the workplace, and but it, their role models come from home. And if we have gender specific roles, even in the house or relating to who earns money, I mean, how are we going to tra- change this um, dynamic of um, gender equality if? If they're learning from home that, you know, mum and pats the dishwasher and does the washing and, and, you know, dad goes to work and puts out the rubbish bin. So um, I think it's really important, not just for us, but for the next few generations, if we really do care about um, gender equality in life, if we care about it, it it certainly starts at home um, as well. Um, Absolutely. And he's going to um, hopefully see that, you know, that's the same respect that he affords both of us Um, and that when he treats you know when he starts to have other relationships with little girls and and um, then older girls don't talk about that right now (laughs) (laughs) Um, they're still my little boys so um, that's you know he'll have the respect there as well um, and that everyone can contribute and and make a difference and um, roll their sleeves up, you know. And Michael does the same. He's he's great. He really does his share of the household work, and um, uh, I think that's you know we're really proud that that's that's what we're showing our boys. And I think that other people step up once once you start showing them what's possible. Um, I really hope that that um, um, and he, he's he's got a beautiful relationship with the boys now. Um, they're really really fond of of Michael, and he's had an incredible. Um, experience bonding with them Um, he's had his tough moments too but but you know that's that's a gift for him as well Carrie thank you so much for joining our mums with bright ideas podcast today Um, mums and co's it's a fantastic community that you're creating I think you're absolutely right it's a very cluttered space out there but I think that you're actually found a niche that's joining the dots between um, parenting 
um, and business as well. So congratulations on pulling that together um, and getting some backing from the corporate sector as well that they believe that, you know, mums in business are particularly important um, as well and and providing a platform for women to get together, to be in a community and to have a voice in this space um, and actually normalising um, working women and, and mums. So it's absolutely fantastic. Um, where can people find you? How do people join? How much does it cost? Sure. There's, you know, there's actually 330,000 um, registered business owner women with dependent children in Australia um, and we're incredibly excited to be serving exactly that space. And, you know, there's even another group of women who are thinking about starting a business who are perhaps um, onto their first, maybe even their second child and, and thinking that, you know, it's not quite working for them. So um, we want to talk to them and we want to be of help to them as well. Um, and I will note that the Mums and Co, the Co actually refers to the entire village, the entire village of partners and businesses that support women um, and mums who want to do their own do their own business. Um, so please just jump on to mumsandco.com.au. Um, currently, it's a free membership, so get in quick. Um, we're very excited because we're about to launch um, our our marketplace. Um, that's coming up in the next couple of months and that will connect everybody Um, nationally we're very much have a national focus so regional mums in business um, city mums in business um, we're all we're we're here to to help you Um, and uh, yeah we've also got um, our Facebook groups um, so there's a real really beautiful um, private group on Facebook that that support each other at the moment um, How do people get to be part of a private group? Uh-huh. They just look from search for Mums and Co, and um, you can just request to be joined to join that group, and um, we'll we'll and that's free to welcome join. you. It's free to join. Great. That's fantastic. Thank you very much for that. And thanks again for listening to Mums with Bright Ideas podcast. Uh, You can find out more about my business at thelightbulblounge.com or the Lightbulb Lounge Facebook group as well. And for anybody that's thinking about starting a business or has an idea and doesn't know how to start, we've just launched our 14-day Get Started e-course. And you can find out more information about that at the Lightbulb Lounge. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.